the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and Locked On Podcast Network. When he has a clean pocket, he's still the best quarterback in football. The impact player on defense is that 2023 cap space. Two good teams and two stink. Welcome into another episode of the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. This eight episode series is taking you division by division all across the NFL to answer all of your burning questions. And we're doing so with the help of our Locked On local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network who cover all of your favorite teams every single Monday through Friday. That's over 30 different experts bringing you the inside insight that you need to know going into the 2022 NFL season. We're also going to be joined by betting expert Lee Sterling of the Locked On Bets podcast to help you set the edge and bring home some cash this NFL season. And former NFL scout Matt Williamson brings you his division predictions for each of the divisions as well. And of course, I am your host, Ross Jackson, the daily host of the Locked On Saints podcast. But throughout this series, I will be your guide throughout each division as we get to and preview this 2022 NFL season. And today it is the NFC North of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers run the division yet again, or are the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins primed for a big-time upset in the division while the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears look to revamp the sort of appearance, let's say, of their franchises. For more on all of it, we're going to be joined by the hosts of Locked on Packers, Locked on Vikings, Locked on Bears, and Locked on Lions here as we break down the NFC North. Make or break. It is the NFC North here as we continue on our ultimate pro football preview 2022. And to help us break it all down, we've got Peter Bukowski locked on Packers, Luke Braun locked on Vikings, Lauren Cox locked on Bears, and Matt Derry, i.e. the voice of Hard Knocks as far as I'm concerned, oh God. of locked on <laughs> Lions. Thanks everybody for joining us here to talk about the NFC North. North, as we always do, let's start off with the make or break stories for each of these teams. Peter, I have a feeling it goes back to the same position that we've talked about over and over again for the Packers, but maybe not. What is the make or break story for those Green Bay Packers in 2022? I think from the outside, a lot of people think the make or break story for the Green Bay Packers in 2022 is going to be receiver. Who is the the guy? Is there an alpha in this group? I don't think that is the make or break position for the Packers. I think it is the offensive line. And and mm. when we see Elton Jenkins and when we see David Bakhtiari, because if those guys are back early, and by early, I mean like first two weeks, three weeks, especially week one, it would be very nice to have both those guys against Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter and and whatever uh, that, that Vikings defense can cook up against uh, Aaron Rodgers and company because Aaron Rodgers, without pressure last year, unbelievable, best passer rating in the league, best EPA, like pick a number, when he has a clean pocket, he's still the best quarterback in football. When he's pressured, it falls off a lot. And this was this was true of Tom Brady a couple of years ago. And then last year, he was much better against pressure. These kinds of things can, can get into high variant zones. But Aaron Rodgers is just not the same player. When he gets pressured, if he has time, it doesn't matter. You and I can play receiver, and he's going to score points. Yeah, no, look, I'll tell you what, I was a little bit surprised there. I didn't think you were going receiver, but I also didn't think you were going offensive line. I thought maybe Aaron Rodgers was the make or break story, but hey, quarterback, right? Quarterback's always the make or break story. And speaking of quarterbacks, there's no longer a Kellen Mond in Minnesota, but there is still a Kirk Cousins (laughs) 
for Luke Braun to cover. So Luke Braun, the make or break story for those Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Kellen Mond was not the uh, make or break story. <laughs> he didn't make the team. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, it is quarterback. It's Ken Kevin O'Connell fix Kirk Cousins. That is the pitch that Kevin O'Connell had when he came into Minnesota was, look, this is why you haven't gotten as much out of him. This is why it's always 500. This is why all of these two-minute drills failed. This is why you punted in, inside of you know half time, first half two minutes all these times. Um, and I can get more out of him because I'm a quarterback and I talk like a quarterback and I can quiet his mind. That's the one way he talks about it. I can get him to play with a different mindset and, um, and I run the McVay scheme. And that's going to mm-hmm. get more out of Kirk Cousins. If he can do that, if he can get Kirk Cousins to stop doing bozo things, there is very little that stands in his way. Then then it just becomes a quarterback with really good accuracy, really good mechanics, and a pretty good grasp of what's going on in front of him. And there's very little that can stop him. But what has held Kirk Cousins back for a decade has been his own like mental blocks and his approach to the game. Um, and Kevin O'Connell thinks that he can fix that. Um, tough to Sounds fix like someone needs decade, ayahuasca. But- <laughs> I've been saying, unironically, get this dude into the desert and get him high. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> see how that helps. It works for Aaron Rodgers. I gotta, I, I gotta tell you, Luke, <laughs> Luke Braun, Luke Braun, locked on Vikings at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter is an absolute must follow during the regular season just for the Kirk Cousins chaos meter. Yes. <laughs> yep. And the absolute chaos meter follow. has been expanded because he's done more ridiculous things. He has a new van. <laughs> Gotta love it. Let's go next to Lauren Cox, locked on Bears, the make or break story in Chicago. Yeah, of course, everything revolves around Justin Fields and what he's going to be. But I think to take it a step further, I think the make or break story is do the Bears have enough around Justin Fields to be able to evaluate Justin Fields properly? That, like, of course, everyone wants to see how good of a quarterback he's going to be this season, but will they be able to do so with much like the Aaron Rodgers discussion, questions about how good this offensive line is going to be. A lot of younger players they're going with up front there. And of course, uh, more of a smorgasbord of wide receivers behind Darnell Mooney trying to figure Great out if, if any of them can be you know, consistent pass catchers for him. And then if if that starts to come together, do you have a defense that can put him in situations that he can be successful in? Really, the, the whole roster is trying to figure itself out. But can, can they sort through all of that and still get to see whether or not their quarterback is any good? Or will they be picking in the top five and have the chance to draft a new quarterback? Mm, that's that's going to be yeah. more a poo-poo platter, but that's. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Matt Derry locked on Lions. The Detroit Lions now feel like they're beloved across the NFL landscape, whether you're in Detroit or not. What's the make or break story in Motown? Well, Ross, you uh, made the mistake of not calling the Detroit Lions by their proper name. America's team. Um, everybody is Ooh. just loving, loving hard knocks. Everybody except Luke Braun, but. To be on and Pete, of course, but that's a long feud. But now let's be honest. They they do need to get their quarterback going. And Jared Goff, um, they did not draft a quarterback. This this preseason's been a complete joke in their in their handling of the backup situation. There's not some young guy coming up here to maybe push Goff. This is this is his team. And there are some that feel like, hey, listen, at the start of last year, he looked really bad. They made the move to Ben Johnson as OC. Anthony Lynn is out. Dan Campbell says he's still not going to announce who's calling plays yet, but if golf's good and the receiving core is better, the running backs, the offensive line, um, they'll be able to score some points. I think the offense will be pretty decent, but it starts with him and 
yeah, if he goes down, forget it. It's uh, it, it'll be a real rough, rough go without him. We so might we still have be able to forget it. we have we have a lot of quarterback narratives of course in in the nfc north this tends to happen as we go into the beginning of the nfl season obviously quarterback the most important position on the field uh behind aaron Rodgers, though in this division and i asked this question of the afc west as well but i'm curious for your guys's take who's the second best quarterback in this division is it kirk cousins or do you or do people really like the upside of justin fields I think right now it's still Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just based yeah, on Justin Fields yeah. has to take it. He could, yeah, but he has to take it. But I think there's that there's that room to take it. That out that there feels like we sort of know what Kirk Cousins is and isn't at this stage of his career. We kind of know where that ceiling is going to be. And for Justin, we don't. And we saw glimpses of it in the preseason. It's like, oh, that that looked like the quarterback that could be the second best quarterback in the NFC North. But when the regular season games start and the real opponents start and they start game planning for you and your young offensive line and your inexperienced wide receivers aren't up to the task, then it's a little harder to pass Kirk Cousins. Like, let me I'm, put it this way, I'm not, Lord. I'm not certain Justin Fields is the third best quarterback in the NFC. So that's where I was going next. Where that's, does, where yeah. does Jared Goff fit in all if, this? Like if, if you could trade Justin Fields for Jared Goff and let's say the contracts all stay the same. So this isn't, this wouldn't be a money move. You're just one for one getting the play of Jared Goff instead of Justin Fields. Like the Lions, I don't, or the the Bears, I don't think they do that because of the upside. But <laughs> that doesn't. I don't, I'm not sure the Lions one would year do the Lions, the Lions one year. Him. I'd rather have Jared yeah. Goff than yeah. Justin Fields this yes. season. Yes, this season. Right, Based but like we've seen, that could, could change see, after this year, right? Yeah, you could see at the end of the year Jared Goff outplaying Justin Fields, but it wouldn't be Fields' fault. It would be the fault of everything around him. Well, that's what Bears fans would say. Yeah, Jared, 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 that too. It's pretty Jared rough out Goff, there. Jared Goff, Jared Goff behind the Bears offensive line would be real ugly. Real yeah. ugly. Mm-hmm. He obviously yeah, can't, can't move like Fields can, but uh, the Lions think that he's going to really take off. So we'll see. So, so Lauren, the Detroit Lauren, Lions what evidence are, is there that Justin Fields is going to get better? Like if you're going to point to something, what is the thing? I will say in the preseason, his footwork has cleaned up significantly. He's getting through progressions more quickly and he's he's doing a good job of finding that balance of how long to stay in the pocket versus how long to, to before he's going to bail out of the pocket. And I think you're seeing evidence of that t- making progress in ways that it has to be done on the field in live bullet situations, whereas you, you can't simulate pocket presence that well in a, in a practice type environment. So I think as the year goes on, there's evidence of things cleaning up that he needed to work on. It's a really great point in terms of seeing where the, this all goes. But when it comes to these quarterbacks, of course, uh, you know, the quarterback oftentimes is the way that the team goes. So with that, we'll take a look next at our uh, division finish predictions. Division predictions. And to do that, we usually check in with our friend uh, Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, and of course, one of the co-hosts over at the flagship NFL show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And here's what Matt had to say about the NFC North. NFC North, going from four to one, Bears at four, Lions at three, Vikings two, Packers one. And I feel pretty strong about that order. I, I really worry about the Bears this year. Bears fans, you have a ton of cap space a year from now and super high picks, I think, in the in the future. You just need to keep your head above water, including fields, for one year. Just weather a bad storm of 2022 and then start to really take it from there. 
The Lions have already been through that, and I think they have a great foundation starting with an offensive line, really good weapons on offense, a few pieces on defense. I expect a nice step forward from Dan Campbell's team, maybe to six or seven wins. I call the Vikings the middling Minnesota Vikings all the time because they're always an eight-win team, a nine-win team. Maybe they're a little better than that. I, I think the coaching change could help. Uh, some more health on defense would go a long way. Their O-line's better than people think. I think they're possibly a wild card type team, but not ready to compete with the Packers, even minus Devontae Adams. Rodgers and that group win 13 games every year and probably will be in that hunt once again. They're going to have to play things a little differently without Adams. But I also think the Packers might have, I know they have the most talented, but they may have the best defense in the entire league. And I don't think anybody's talking about that. I would just like to say for the record, we are talking about that defense a lot on this show. <laughs> so as well as our locked on Packers. Defense, yeah, exactly. But that is sort of like our race on Detra. That's what we do. Talk about the Packers. So I, he's right. Then I think there has been some, some love for them nationally, but when we're talking about the Devontae Adams stuff, that is the thing. That is the thing that for me that would say, this is why this team can still be a Super Bowl contender without Devontae Adams, without the receivers. We talked about the offensive line questions. It is that the defense is as talented as any group in the league. And so I think anything but a top 10 defense would be either a bunch of injuries or really a, a pretty big disappointment this season for them. So I think most of what Matt said is bang on. Like I see it yeah. mostly the way that, that he sees it, which is bad for radio purposes, but it's just the truth. Yeah. They're uh, not like second in fantasy drafts, right? The defense, which is a decent proxy for like national opinion. It's a really good proxy for it, for sure. I, I know I put the, the Green Bay Packers, especially after watching them in the joint practices with the New Orleans Saints, I put the Green Bay Packers as a top five defense going into the, going into the season. I mean, they have been absolutely outstanding. I know that was in a practice environment, but you can feel that that's a very different defense, particularly in yeah. the run game, than it was even just last year. Matt Derry, Locked on Lions. I want to jump to you real quick because I know the, the people at home aren't going to be able to see or hear it, but I saw the reaction to the Detroit Lions finishing third. Uh, that's a that's an improvement. That's a climb from last year. How important would that be for the Lions franchise? I, I don't know how many years the, 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 the four of us have been together here in the NFC North doing these preview shows, and every year it's a running joke. Oh, let's just start with Matt Derry because they're going to finish last. And so to hear Matt <laughs> Williamson say, somebody else, you're not. No one's been. But to hear somebody else, Matt Williamson, actually say, yeah, the Bears four, Lions three, it's it's like a holiday. It's like, you know, I mean, it is a holiday, <laughs> what we're recording, but it's like Christmas in Detroit. We're actually going to finish higher than the Lions, that is, uh, uh, fourth place. I think that's. I think that actually is accurate. I don't know if if Lauren disagrees in Chicago and thinks that the Bears are going to do something miraculous, but I do think the Lions could double their win total and be six or seven wins, and I think that will be more than Chicago. So, yes, yeah, a little refreshing for once not to be last. Yeah, Lauren yeah. Cox locked on Bears. Where are you going with that one? I'm certainly not here to, to argue for any miraculous Bears turnaround quickly this season. I think Matt's spot on that, yeah, the organization is pretty much behind the take our lumps this season with the hopes of better in the yeah. future. They're certainly not going to like actively tank games the way we've seen like the Eagles do at the end of or the Dolphins, you know, in recent seasons. But yeah, it's not going to be uh, above 500 roster. I mean, I think for me, they're probably around a, a five, maybe six win team. And then it becomes, okay, how much better than that can the Lions be? And I could see them sort of battling back and forth between third and fourth for much of the season. And then, you know, late in the year, Detroit wins one or two more and, and that ultimately puts them ahead. But yeah, it's it's pretty spot on there, I think. Which it feels team, like the Bears are this year 
where the lions were last year, where they're mm. like embarking on this journey that the, uh, this rebuild journey. And it feels like the bears kind of think, okay, we'll get a whole bunch of cap space and we'll be like right back at it next year. But like these kind of teams never get built that easy. And that's my concern for the bears is that there's, they think that like just taking their lumps for one year means they can be right back in the thick of things in 2023. And like looking at the lions, the lions were right there last year and now they're going, well, we'll be happy with like seven wins. And I feel like next year the bears will be like, well, we're happy with seven wins. And then Justin Fields' rookie contract is up. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Oof. I I feel like the Atlanta Falcons have taken a a, a pretty similar approach to what you just described, Luke, except they have no cap space. That's the only, that's a a minor, minor difference between the two. Uh, More Chicago Bears than the Bears do right now, right? They they keep bringing in former Bears over and over again. It's crazy. That's right. And we'll be discussing the NFC South, and I'll take all my shots at Aaron Freeman and Lockdown Falcons uh, on on Wednesday's uh, installment of this. But uh, between uh, Loring Cox, Matt Derry here, Lockdown Bears, Lockdown Lions, which of these two teams wins the most games within the division in 2022? Oh, geez. I mean, Lions. You think? Yeah, I mean, I I, I would think that the Lions will. Uh, I think there will be a Fields Superman game against the Lions because I think everybody in Detroit feels like, oh, they should sweep Chicago and, and maybe Fields does something crazy because the Lions did have an opportunity to draft him. And, and that just that's Lions logic and how it goes in Detroit. Um, but yeah, I do. I do see this team getting better and maybe winning more division games. I'm not, you know, they they face Peters Packers in week 17. Seems like every year and Green Bay rests all their guys. So that could count as a win like it did a year ago, even though it was sort of sort of a flawed, you know, feel good January thing. And, and it still took multiple trick plays and Jordan Love to make that all happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll see. The Vikings are splitting all three series. They have enough chaotic energy to both like steal a dumb one against the Packers and also lose two dumb ones to the Lions and Bears. Well, week one is sort of the perfect time to get this Packers team right for the Vikings because we don't know what either team is going to look like. And mm-hmm. so I think that... And for, they've kept the all Vikings, sorts of stuff super... Like, they've been so secretive about... Like, really, they've been even, like, dogging media about it, about, like, don't report this or that. Because they don't want the Packers to know anything, which is really funny. Because it's like they're 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 running a it's Lafleur. He knows right. What, what we, we know that we know the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, did you have something to add there about uh, division wins? It, it's, it's, it, weird things happen sometimes when the Vikings come to Chicago, and even sometimes when the Lions come to Chicago oh, yeah. too. So I'm not predicting any sort of big NFC North overture from the Bears. Certainly not going to win a game against the Packers, but but there's there's room there to to take one against Detroit and, and maybe get a weird funky one. Week 18 against the Vikings because we get the Sean Mannion game a couple years ago and just wild things happen in that matchup. I, I for one, given given all the talk about it on Bears Twitter, I just can't wait to see 2023 cap space play for the Bears this year. It's just going to be awesome to see <laughs> what he's got up there out on the field. I just, I'm Where are they going to so put stoked. 2023 cap space? Let's go. <laughs> Do you move that around the formation? Do you blitz? Yeah. Is it a Taysom Hill space? type approach for that one? <laughs> yeah. <though? laughs> base will be filling wherever Khalil Mack would line up. That's where Cap. <laughs> I heard the Bears. I heard the Bears are trading Roquan Smith to the Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. David Locke will have more mm, later. Wow, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, nice. I guess. Guys, as we look at uh, Matt Williamson's predictions, he had the, uh, the the Bears at four, the Lions at three, the Vikings at two, and then the Packers at one. Any disagreements with that? Can anybody maybe see a little bit of a, a jostle in there at all? Spot can, on. Can I say Lions at two as a as an upside? An upside yeah, there? of course. The Dan oh, Campbell thing comes together, and you get Goff playing as best that Goff can with a decent supporting cast around him, and you know the Kirk Cousins fixing fixer upper doesn't 
doesn't fix up and there's still a lot of turnover and a defense that's probably going to take a step back and maybe just maybe that it's it's not a 12 win Lions team but you know a, a nine and eight Lions team ties with a nine and eight Vikings team and tiebreakers puts the Lions at two you know that I could see I could see the roar being restored that way <laughs> the roar restored. Oh if that happens I think it happens at seven <laughs> wins I think if the, the the bad version of the Vikings is like a seven win team that you know, the defense, the defense is not going to work out for the first half of the season because everything is very new. They're installing a new scheme. They've got a lot of young players that they're relying on. Um, and if the Lions can work out and get seven wins and then we can have some weird tiebreaker thing, I feel like that's the world. But the, the headline is that this is Green Bay's division until it isn't. And I think I've been saying that on these NFC North things for like three years now. It is theirs until somebody until one of our stupid, dumb teams can prove that they can take it. I don't. I don't see the Lions taking the. I know the Vikings defense, and I don't think Luke they could be any worse than they were at the end of last year with all the injuries. I think I would assume bounce back years for for Kendricks and some of these guys. I mean, I just don't think the Lions have enough material on that side of the ball. You mentioned before about um, uh, you know quarterback and Jared Goff, cornerback and Jeff Okuda is a huge question mark mm. for the Lions. So I don't see them going getting past Minnesota just yet. But uh, I hear what Luke's uh, what Lauren's saying about being close. I, I do think there is a case, though, like Oruarie started playing much better last season. If Okuda, who I thought showed some flashes in preseason, if Aiden Hutchinson is he the guy that they think he huge, can yeah. be like, there's there's some real stuff on that defense with an offense that I think everyone agrees. That's a really good offensive line. We like yep. the weapons. I think like you put DJ Chark um, in that offense with Amon Ross St. Brown. There's a lot to like. I don't know when Jamison Williams is going to be back on the field, but like we've seen Jared Goff. I almost said Kirk Cousins. They're eh, it's kind of six to one, half a dozen the other. <laughs> We've seen Jared Goff be a, a highly effective quarterback. Like I, I don't know why in an offense that he knows um, that that they can't be good enough to win eight or nine games. Like I I, I like what they're building here, and I know I, I I tease Matt about it all the time. The like kneecap biting stuff and all the rah rah stuff. I, <laughs> I I like to tease him about Dan Campbell, but they're legitimately building a talented team. I don't think. The, the talent gap between the Vikings and the Lions is is that huge. I think the delta really is the dif- difference between Kirk Cousins' consistency and Jared Goff's consistency. And then, unfortunately, the Bears are just, from a, ta- a talent perspective, just not in that same group. Yeah, yeah. but the but Lions don't have this. a Justin Jefferson. They don't have yeah, a Daniil right. Hunter. They don't have yeah. a Harrison Smith. There are these players in, in Minnesota that are have exactly. been staples. When you're a staple in a team for a decade, there's a reason. I'll tell you what, we're, we're going we're gonna to dive into those individual players here as we continue on, because coming up next, we're going to dive into the impact players. And uh, Matt, we're going to come to you to start off with that here in just a sec, because there's a lot of opportunity for some of those impact players, as well as, of course, the new faces in Detroit. So we're going to get to those here around the NFC North division. Who's the sort of supporting cast around all of these quarterbacks that we've discussed that help it all happen? We'll break it down as we continue on with today's installment of the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. Impact Players. All right, everybody, we are continuing on with the NFC North here. 
on Odyssey and Locked On Podcast Network's Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. And of course, we're having this conversation with the folks that know your favorite NFC North teams the absolute best to cover them Monday through Friday over at Locked On Packers, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Bears, and Locked On Lions. And Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, we'll come to you here. We were sort of getting into the conversation already around the individual players that can have an impact. We'll save the new faces because there's a lot of exciting new names to discuss in Detroit. But some of the guys that have been around for a while that could be the impact players in Detroit for the the Lions, who are some of the folks that people need to know? Well, obviously, you start with running back and DeAndre Swift. I think there's a lot of people, especially if you're doing your fantasy draft, going, oh, DeAndre Swift could be a a late first, early second round pick for some folks. And again, that's fantasy. But everybody's expecting possibly a thousand yards rushing and maybe 800 yards receiving and that he's going to blow up in this offense with a pass game, now a real one, and this offensive line. So DeAndre Swift, to me, comes comes across as a name. Tight end TJ Hawkinson is in a big contract year right now, likely going to get paid. Does he get David Njoku money at $13 million a year? If he has a breakout year, can he stay healthy? When he's on the field, he's pretty good. The issue always has been with Hawkinson is when he catches the ball, he immediately falls to the ground. If there's some yak there, <laughs> like get it and you're allowed to keep running. Um, he's a really good football player. So uh, you know, I think that that's, that's a name to watch. It, and certainly I think when it comes to November, if he comes back, and I know he's a new face, Jamison Williams, but DJ Chark will be better as a veteran wide receiver along with Amon Ross St. Brown if Chark can get Williams out there with him. It's almost like a package deal. But Chark coming over from Jacksonville as a receiver and a big body that they've needed. I think those guys on offense watch Tracy Walker on defense as a guy that's returning that's sort of the quarterback of the secondary. And I think those are the guys you're looking at in Detroit. That's big. And certainly we'll be discussing that wide receiver position quite a bit here in just a moment with the new faces. Let's jump over to uh, the Chicago Bears, Lauren Cox, Lockdown Bears, some of the impact players and offensive defense that folks need to know going into 2022. Yeah, the problem with the Chicago Bears is that most of the impact new players are, are also new faces. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think they had the most turnover. Are there impact roster. players in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say nothing? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the most turnover of any team this offseason heading into training camp. I, I think it has to start with Darnell Mooney at wide receiver. Fully emerged as the wide receiver 1,000-yard guy last season. Mm-hmm. Losing Allen Robinson makes some people think that, oh, well, now he's going to have more attention, so maybe his, his numbers will go down. But I think it's just going to give more targets for him, more opportunities. And I think he's primed to really more firmly establish himself as a, as a known commodity across the NFL that I think – People have been paying attention a little bit and saying, oh, he's actually pretty good. And now it's like, oh, he is the guy and a difference maker in that Chicago Bears offense. I think the other guy that's standing out to me is, is less like, I don't think he's going to be a huge breakout numbers wise, but Cole Komet, the tight end, is mm. going to be really critical to the success they have this season because they've got, they're running the Green Bay Packers offense with that stretch outside zone running and then a lot of play action off of that. You need a tight end who could be a really effective inline blocker on those running plays and also be able to catch the ball and, and maybe do something with it after the catch af- off that play action. And you have to really respect his threat in both areas of the game to be to, to be able to maximize that, that you have to make a guy come into the box for the run and then get him a better matchup against a linebacker as a result in the passing game. I, I think he's got enough physical limitations that he's never going to be the, the George Kittle type, uh, Travis Kelsey type thousand yard tight end in this offense. But I, I think he, he's going to be more of a focal point, even if it's not always in a direct fantasy football production standpoint. Hmm. And then over on the defensive side, I just have to ask, like, what's the situation there with 
Roquan Smith. Do they and, have a and, roster? And, yeah, like what's what's the locker room? What's the Bears defense, <laughs> you know, looking like right now in terms of the guys that are the impact players there? Yeah, the impact player on defense is that 2023 cap space. Uh, he's <laughs> a really critical piece of how this Bears defense plays this season. Fair uh, enough. See what he does on the field. No, um, Roquan Smith and the team have said, "All right, contract talks are over for this season. It's behind us. We're doing football." He's ramping up. He'll be ready to go week one. Um, Great. He had he missed last preseason game with hamstring tightness, but if it's a regular season game, he's he's in that game. There's a lot to like about a young secondary that they've bolstered a little bit. You know, cornerback Jalen Johnson coming back for year three now, looking looking to take another step forward. They drafted Kyler Gordon with their first second round pick. He's going to be in the slot almost exclusively for now, and they're going to start Kendall Vilder on the outside. But he's another young draft pick from a couple of years ago. They like coming together, and then Jaquan Brisker they drafted in the second round at safety. That that's supposed to be the strength of this defense, and I think the weakness is going to be that pass rush up front. No proven production outside of Robert Quinn, really, and even he's had some fluctuations, and even he could get traded at the deadline if they get the right offer. So I think people are assuming this Bears defense is going to be really good because they're always a decent defense, but Mm -hmm. I have some concerns that that group drops off a little bit and that they hold this team back more than people are ready to admit. Yeah, your secondary can be extremely talented, but if you can't get a pass rush, ugh, the symbiotic relationship between the two doesn't always work out. Uh, locked It'll be on- gross to watch <laughs> a Bears, a bad Bears defense. That's not right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, 2023 cap space. You're almost there. Uh, Luke Braun <laughs> locked on Vikings. Who are the impact players in Minnesota? Yeah, outside of Kirk Cousins, obviously everything hinges on the quarterback. If you've been through the first round of a fantasy draft, then you've probably seen that it's Justin Jefferson. Justin Mm. Jefferson is uh, he has said that he's going for 2K this year. Honestly, (laughs) I'm not going to be the one. 17 games, you know, (laughs) yeah, 17 (laughs) games, probably a bigger pie to go around volume wise. Um, And there is this whole thing about Justin Jefferson in the Cooper Cup role, because this is a Kevin O'Connell's a Sean McVay disciple and Mm. what Cooper Cup did last year. And he's even talked about how he's going to do some of the same responsibilities. And and some of that isn't actually wide receiver. Like a lot of that is a blocking responsibility that he's pretty excited about. So is wide receiver KJ Osborne. Um, and I think those two are actually, I think KJ Osborne is going to be a surprise to people. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, I think it's those outside edge rushers. And in particular, can they stay healthy? Because they're both dealing with similar uh, back injuries. It's Daniil Hunter and the former Packers at area Smith. Um, those two guys are really the key to unlocking a lot of the Fangio style exotic blitzes that uh, defensive coordinator coordinator Ed Donatel wants to run. Um, but it's also some of the corners on the outside being able to hold up in Cameron Dantzler and Patrick Peterson, which is my big concern about it. If those two guys can hold up and Cameron Dantzler had a fantastic camp, it looks like he's taking quite the step forward. Mm-hmm. But if those two guys can hold up on the outside in one on one situations. And look, against a team like the the Lions or Bears that don't have a Devontae Adams, right? Um, or even the Packers now, if the best you, can, yeah. you got is Alan Lazard, maybe. Um, and then, you know, you can do a lot more of the exotic stuff. But also, both Daniel Hunter and Zedaria Smith have similar back and or neck injuries. Um, same injury, different part of the spine. And that kind of thing can re-aggravate at any time. And so it's we're always going to be on health watch with those guys. A lot of LSU Tigers all over that Minnesota Vikings team. Purple and, and yellow, baby. And, and and Luke knows usually when we talk about those guys, I'll say go Tigers, but that was some of the ugliest football I've seen in a long time on Sunday. 
watching LSU. So oh, no. I'll go. I'll go to Darnell. Your Instagram. Yeah, that I'll go. Was drunk as oh, hell. <laughs> that was wild. So I'll, I'll go the Darnell Mooney route and just say roll wave uh, and represent the school just a couple miles away from me right now in Tulane. Uh, Peter Bukowski locked on Packers as I'm changing alliances. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did not change teams as many people expected over the course of these last couple of off seasons. Who are the players around a what seems to be steady Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers uh, that end up making the biggest impacts in 2022? I think we're going to see 2019 Aaron Jones, the, the guy who ah. you were talking about. He, he, I mean, is he going to score 20 touchdowns again? Probably not, but someone who can be deployed all over the formation. And we saw a game against the Chiefs um, uh, in, a, in a night game where he's running sluggos and, and winning and, and creating explosives in the passing game that way. They're going to use him all over the formation. I think they're going to use both running backs on the field a lot. It's going to be a lot of 21 personnel Pony package is back in Green Bay, baby. Uh, and I think this is going to be a big part of what they're able to do. A.J. Dillon um, showed last year one of, was one of the most efficient running backs in football. Pro Football Focus numbers loved him. Sports Info and Solutions numbers loved him. The nerds loved him. And look at that guy. Look at those thighs. The fo- the hardcore football guys love him, too. So he, he's going to be, I think, someone that, that plays a big role in this offense. And then Al Lazard, if he can stay healthy, I mean, Ross, you saw what he could do in 2020 when he was the featured guy on a Sunday night in New Orleans Mm -hmm. and he just they couldn't cover him. It was it was really uh, interesting to watch him make big play after big play for a guy who's six, five two twenty five is not seen as this field stretching guy. And then sure enough, he's out there and dialing up these quarter beaters (laughs) and he's he got downfield all day. I think he is he is more gifted than people realize. Um, and look, I, he was a monster in college. Um, I, I sort of didn't realize, um, that, that people did not know that because I guess Iowa state. Okay. But he's a really gifted physical player, um, that, that they're going to use in a lot of different kinds of ways, played more than 50% in the slot last year. I think, um, he's going to have a big time impact on this offense. If he plays 17 games, uh, this is a thousand yard receiver. No question. It's huge, huge for a guy like him. And then, of course, they add, you know, some new faces to that wide receiver core as well. So that'll help us get over to our new faces. But, Peter, we'll come back to you. Let's jump back over to uh, uh, Lauren Cox, Locked on Bears. Lots of new faces as we kind of set up here for that Bears, I guess, team. I don't want to just say offense or defense. Who are some of the guys that have the opportunity to make an immediate impact in 2022? New faces. Yeah, the big one that Bears fans are – I think most excited for right now is offensive coordinator Luke Getze coming over from the Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers. We talked a little bit about the system already, but he he really has the potential to like, he he controls so much of what Justin Fields can and can't do this season, and that was such an issue last year with, with Matt Nagy and for multiple years with Matt, Matt Nagy, but specifically with Fields and Matt, Matt Nagy last season. So often they were trying to force Fields to fit Nagy's system and not so much tailoring the system to Fields, and so it's on Getze to. First of all, tailor the system to fields, but get into a rhythm as a play caller and feel out his quarterback and have that that play caller quarterback chemistry that is just so critical for that quarterback development. So I think there's a lot of luck. There's a lot of looking at, at what he can do for this offense. And I'll throw in left tackle Braxton Jones, fifth mm. round pick this season. He is a rookie fifth round pick. He beat out Riley Reef, former Detroit Lion, at training camp. They signed they signed Riley Reef to start, and Braxton Jones beat him out, kept the job, and they're rolling with a rookie left tackle that they feel very, very excited about the potential that he can bring even right away this early in his career. The whole offensive line's got, you know, three or four new starters across the board. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of different new faces that are gonna be 
absolutely critical to the success of this quarterback and this team. Luke, I thought I could feel you just revving up over a Riley Reef. Oh, I'm just shocked. <laughs> I like Riley Reef. Yeah. Former Lion, former Viking. I, mm-hmm. I'm shocked that he lost a camp battle to a rookie. Well, you know, Stop. when that rookie, Braxton, Braxton Jones is the Ohio State University, correct? He's a Buckeye. Southern Utah. So, same thing, same thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Terry locked on Lions, some of the most exciting new faces in the NFL right now on that Lions team. Uh, who are some of the ones that can have that big impact in 2022? I mean, you got to start on the defensive side with Aiden Hutchinson, certainly. Uh, pick number two for a reason. They have said numerous times throughout camp and the preseason that this is the guy that, that they made the right pick. Obviously, there was some discussion between him and Kayvon Thibodeau as they got closer to the draft, and the Lions did a nice job of smoke screening there, saying, oh, yeah, we're talking to Tibbs and all this, but it was always going to be Hutchinson. Ownership wanted him, too, to put on billboards and help sell tickets, but he's been really good, and he's been in practice every day, getting around tackles, good tackles, too, in practice, and Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell that's obviously a new face that's going to play a ton. And then all of a sudden, the the, the hero of hard knocks and, and the new poster <laughs> boy of town is this Malcolm Rodriguez, a six-round draft pick out of Oklahoma State, undersized, slipped to the sixth round, uh, nicknamed Rodrigo by Aaron Glenn, the D coordinator. He's going to start. I mean, they don't have anybody else. I mean, they have a bunch of linebackers that threw them all against the wall, and, 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 and it's Rodriguez that is stuck. So that's a new face that they are very, very excited about. Um, those two really, to me, stand out the most in Detroit. I, I love I love the story uh, of Rodriguez because usually you you go through the hard knocks thing, you get attached to this player, and then inevitably they get cut. Rodriguez is one of the few hard knocks highlights that's kind of been kind of like the Madden curse in a way. Oh and yeah, like those guys never make the roster, and all of a sudden he's a starter. Yeah, he's going to play a lot, and and I I think it's 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 a good thing because he's good against the run. I think he's had a really good camp. But I think teams are going to, they've got a, they'll have a book on him soon in terms of coverage, uh, covering tight ends down the field. He's undersized. Can he cover? Um, mm-hmm. It's a question mark, but he's, he's a new face that is going to get a lot of burn very early. Just real quick, you mentioned earlier the highlights of Jamison Williams and, of course, DJ Chark. How soon or when do you expect to see Jamison Williams hit the field for the Detroit Lions? Well, you know, he said, Ross, uh, months ago that he was going to be ready for camp. No way. Mm-hmm. Then they put him on pup, so he's going to miss the first four games. I don't see him playing before Thanksgiving. I think maybe mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day would be the day when you're coming back from that torn ACL and and giving it a go. But they're going to be very, very uh, slow and steady with his progress and process here. I think they like the receivers they have in Josh Reynolds, one of the uh, guys that are going to be here all mm-hmm. year now that they got last year, middle of the season, DJ Chark and St. Brown. So they're not going to rush Williams, but I think once he's there, I think he's going to be a home run threat and really good. But uh, I think you'll see the best of him next season. Yeah, great spot for him to land so that he doesn't have yeah. to be rushed back out on the field as well no with doubt. that receiver core. And you know, hopefully, maybe Thanksgiving, right? And then all of a sudden, yeah. Detroit Lions have something else to be grateful for. Uh, Peter Bukowski locked on Packers, who are the new faces to watch in Green Bay? There are a lot of... Uh, I wouldn't say high-impact players, but mm-hmm. there are guys who could grow into high-impact roles for the Green Bay Packers. Even this season, I think I think a lot of them are, are longer-term plays, guys like Christian Watson and, mm-hmm. and even Quay Walker, who's going to start. I don't think he's going to be like an all-pro right away, but he's going to have to play a lot. But if you want to get excited about someone, the guy to get excited about is Romeo Dobbs because yeah. he came in out of, out of Nevada where he was – 
a really explosive player. I thought he was a more nuanced route runner than he got credit for. And he's come into Green Bay for a rookie. His release package is awesome. And he is, is really good at making adversity plays for a guy who's 6'2 and, and 200 and change pounds. He's not some guy who's, who's like this big physical freak, but he is so good attacking the ball in the air. Um, in preseason, had a couple, um, you know, like goal line fades, which I hate. But when you're throwing them to Romeo Dobbs, apparently it's a good play because he's really good with his body control and making those sort of adversity plays. Aaron Rodgers famously hates rookies and hates receivers that don't know what they're doing and is not afraid to say, this guy stinks or this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Don't put him out there. Has been glowing talking about Romeo Dobbs mm. and said on the record that the only guys who have done what he's done as a rookie are the guys who are the, the all-time franchise leader in yards. He's talking about Greg Jennings, who he saw as a young player, James Jones, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. Those are the guys. And he is like best friends with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. He is still really close friends with Devontae Adams. Like he's not- What about Greg Jennings? <laughs> 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 What's that relationship? Are they friends? They're like brothers. Uh, Greg Jennings recently inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame. If the if Packers fans had a vote, and if Aaron Rodgers had a vote, probably would not be in the, in the Hall of Fame. But Rodgers also just said that Dobbs is going to be held to a different standard than than most rookie receivers. He has high expectations for Dobbs, which means this kid can play, and he's going to have to play early right now. As as we record this, the week of the games, Alan Lazard working his way back from an injury, an undisclosed injury. Mm. Um, so kind of potentially in doubt for week one. Romeo Dobbs is no doubt the boundary receiver who would be out there if Lazard is is either hurt or limited. And so that is certainly one of those names to, to keep an eye on. I love that. By and the to, way, Lauren, oh, yeah. Lauren Cox just ruined his chances of getting on the Pat McAfee show just now. <laughs> I want that on the record. <laughs> I don't know. One good tweet. One good tweet and you'll be back in favor, Lauren. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Luke Braun locked on Vikings. Take us home. New faces in Minnesota to watch out for in 2022. It, it's kind of funny. Before I do that, I have to point out both yeah. Jamison Williams and uh, Christian Watson, another wide receiver uh, addition for the Packers both drafted in draft trades with the Vikings. So mm. the Vikings fans are watching those two guys super intently because like, oh my God, we let these two teams have these two guys. And if they work out, we'll never hear the end of it. Um, so for the Vikings, one of them is Darius Smith, former Packer. Um, Ed Rusher talked about him. Another big one that's not getting a lot of national run is uh, the nose tackle. Big guy in the middle, Harrison Phillips, comes from the Bills. He looks spectacular. He has been absolutely tearing up uh, training camp, both against the Vikings offensive line and the 49ers and the Raiders in the preseason. He has just been absolutely shredding everybody in front of him. And that presence in the middle can do so much for your defense when you can really lock that up. Um, he might have ultimately more impact than Zadarius Smith. And they had Michael Pierce last year in that position. He didn't want to play in a 3-4. He goes uh, off to his next chapter and then Harrison Phillips comes in at a cheaper deal. They actually saved money in doing that. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, they're kind of running back the same crew. You got Dalvin mm -hmm. Cook, CJ Ham, basically the same skill players. The only difference on the offensive line is uh, Ed Ingram, the LSU rookie, um, who goes out, wins the job. He looked pretty good in preseason. But that 
change at right guard is the only difference in an offensive line that was not one of the best ones in the league for sure last year. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of continuity, but really the difference is adding Kevin O'Connell. Um, yeah. And there's your big new arrival, adding that, changing from the Kubiak version of that wide zone scheme to the McVay version of that wide zone scheme that uses less tight end, that uses um, more wide receivers, more drop back concepts, and uses more passes to set up passes instead of runs to set up passes. That, I think, is what they're counting on to be the big change. And having a quarter former quarterback and offensive coach to guide Kirk Cousins along instead of somebody who outwardly and openly hates him. The uh, list of the list of impact players for the Minnesota Vikings going offense going uh, Dalvin Cook, CJ Ham might be my favorite part of this entire episode. Uh, absolutely, I, love I just right. like picturing Some Michael Pierce mark. joining the Athletic. My next chapter. <laughs> I love love some thirty thirteen baby. <laughs> For more on the Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions, make sure you check it out. Peter Bukowski at Locked On Packers, Luke Braun at Locked On Vikings, Lauren Cox at Locked On Bears, and Matt Derry at Locked On Lions. Every single Monday through Friday. Coming up next, we're setting the edge with our betting expert Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets to uh, help you win some money this NFL season. And uh, I'll say this, Lee Sterling has some high, high opinions of the Minnesota Vikings going into 2022. So stay tuned for that as we continue on with the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Setting the edge with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. All right, everybody, we are back with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, the podcast that's giving you everything that you need to know every Monday through Friday to make sure you're taking home some cash all throughout the NFL season, college football season, and of course, all across all sports as well. Co-hosted with your boy Q, and of course, you can find more with Lee Sterling at Paramount Sports on Twitter. Lee, it's NFC North Day. We've turned the page from the AFC to the NFC, and this NFC North division is one that's usually pretty interesting, but now it feels like, at least to me, it's kind of just a two-team race in this division right now, but maybe a sneaky Detroit Lions team can make things interesting. To take a look at the odds here for the NFC North, Green Bay Packers minus 175, the far and away favorites over the Minnesota Vikings at plus 235. We got the Detroit Lions at plus 800. And then, of course, the Chicago Bears, big time long shots here, plus 1600. What do you like about the uh, NFC North here? Well, you you hit it right on the head. Two good teams and two stinky teams. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to be honest. I mean, the Green Bay is still really good. And mm-hmm. why? They have Aaron Rodgers and they have a lot of depth. So yeah. when you have a lot of depth, um, you're going to be able – to sustain a couple injuries and just going to overwhelm people, but they got to have some receiver. Someone's got to step forward. He's got to have a go-to guy because the tight ends aren't very good. So, you know, I just don't think you can get by having like four guys, you know, catch like 50, 60 balls. I just don't. So I think you got to have someone that catches 95, hundred balls and his go-to guy here. But, um, you know, it's a good, solid team here. Um, can't have another injury on the offensive line, but mm-hmm. they're really good. Are they as good as last year? Probably not, just because the offense defense could be a shade better. Minnesota. 
I think they're one of the most interesting teams and one of the most under-the-radar teams. Now, here's a stat that's crazy. They have oh, the best these. home field advantage since 2014, believe it or not, against the spread. Really? 36-18-4. And, and during the COVID year, no, no fans, they didn't do well. So you don't think of them as a really good home field advantage, but it's good, really good, and I think it's going to get better. Another crazy stat, show you how bad Mike Zimmer was. So after they threw an incompletion or had a sack on first down, this is crazy. They ran the ball 64% of the time. Now, obviously, you got Dalvin Cook. But um, shows you just not running the ball enough on first down here. They ran it 64% of the time after a sack or an incompletion. Um, I know they got trust in their running game, but you got to be more explosive. You got to take chances. You got to throw the ball down the field. Now, when you got Justin Jefferson. So, that to me was very alarming. And I just think under O'Connell, they're going to be a much different team. And also like the fact that um, there's no real outside distractions. I mean, everyone was mm-hmm. talking last year, you know, when is when are they going to let Zimmer go? Um, I think this staff is going to be really good. So I like them. I like them over nine and a half wins here. I like them to win the division also and maybe even take a shot to win the conference. Wow. So you're going all – well, not all the way, but you're high on what the Minnesota Vikings uh, are, are putting down right now. That that stat about – you know the 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 incompletion or sack on first down is yeah. really telling of just how overly conservative that Minnesota Vikings team was last year. I mean, the only thing worse than falling behind schedule on first down is also falling behind schedule on second down. And it right. seems like when you run the ball sixty five percent of the time in those situations, you're pretty darn close to always falling behind on second down as well. So you imagine that's a big mentality change for this Minnesota Vikings team. And then also, very rarely did they change tempo. I'm a big believer. Now, you won't hear many coaches at all talk about this. If I had the more talent, if I had one of the most talented teams in the NFL or college football, I would run a hurry up and try to get plays off as quickly as possible. Why? More possessions. More Mm -hmm. possessions, greater chance the better team's going to win. But for some reason, you know, coaches don't feel that way. There's a bunch of coaches that run hurry up, like in some of these conferences, they don't have very good teams. Run, hurry up. Why? <laughs> You're creating more <laughs> possessions, more plays. Right. The better team's generally going to beat you. Okay, maybe if you're in great condition, you know, you've got an sure. edge. But other than that, no. Yeah. Yeah, and especially when you've got a team that has Justin Jefferson on one side, Adam Thielen on the other side. You're in a pretty good situation there if you wanted and to Dalvin run. And Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook right behind you. Yeah, of course. You, you, three you guys have all the weapons. Can go, they can go the distance in any place. So. It's really um, interesting way to go. I, w- I would speed things up. I would go to a hurry up at least once a half. Yeah, that's a really good point. Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, uh, not enticing enough as long shots for you? Fun to watch on hard knocks, watch Campbell. I mean, he's a fun <laughs> coach. But they just have too many holes. They just, I mean, a key situation is just make too many errors. Um, I do like um, Amon Ron St. Saint- Saint- Brown. Oh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. he- I think he is a next level uh, receiver, and when they get Jamison back, I mean they're going to be really, really tough. So yeah, that's gonna be a nice pair. I think this is, uh, and also their defensive ends. How mm-hmm. about this guy Charles Harris? 
Yeah. Came from nowhere. First round for Miami, then basically cast off. Now he's a starter and actually playing pretty well for Detroit. He and um, Aiden Hutchinson mm-hmm. could be a nice bookend there. So some things that I like there, but not playing the over six and a half. They're probably at five or six wins. And then uh, Chicago at six wins. The under here, I like Darnell Mooney at receiver. But mm-hmm. other than that, not not enough weapons there. And um, a couple other things that, that, that really alarm me about Chicago. Offensive line is just pathetic. <sighs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, when he has time, Justin Fields has time. He's one of the most. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks. But that's a big if when he has time. So, <laughs> um, with that with that offensive line, you know, in shambles still, and it might be for another couple of years. They got problems. I would go to Cole Komet more tight end. I think he's mm-hmm. a good weapon. I don't think they've used him enough. So, under Chicago, Detroit's probably right where they should be. Maybe mm-hmm. under there also. No feel on on Green Bay, uh, but I do like Minnesota a lot. Nine yeah. and a half wins, I think they go over. Yeah, and Green Bay's set at ten and a half. I don't blame you for staying away from that one. I do want to say a quick roll wave for the uh, for for Darnell Mooney. Uh, I don't feel yeah. like there's a lot of Tulane University shoutouts on these big national shows, yeah. so I'll go ahead and show the uh, the small school in New Orleans a little right. bit of love. Um, so let's look ahead then to the NFC potential champions. Uh, so I want to start off with the Minnesota Vikings because you mentioned them as a team that you would yep. consider their plus 1400. I mean, if everything comes together, that's a pretty enticing, uh, it's a pretty enticing line for you there. Remember also the NFC is not the AFC. AFC has got right. 13 potential teams. I think they can make the playoffs. Let's look at the potential playoff teams: Dallas and Philly. Mm-hmm. Green Bay, Minnesota. Mm, okay, uh, I would say Tampa Bay, obviously. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is probably. I'm sorry. Okay, Don't I'll, hurt me I'll include. No, I'm just, I'm just like. <laughs> okay. okay, that's six, and then um, the Rams, Arizona, and maybe San Francisco with sure. their quarterback change. So there's eight, maybe nine teams, whereas the AFC has thirteen. <clears throat> so you get in the playoffs. And you're sitting with that kind of wager, you got a real chance to win. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, third best odds to win the conference coming out of the NFC North, plus 500. Is this another one that you stay away from? Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying Green Bay. They they would have to, like I said, they got to have someone step forward at receiver. Their defense is going to have to play much, much better. I think Minnesota's the play there. I like them, I like them all three ways. I, I don't know if I've ever bet, and I bet all three ways. For them mm-hmm. to win the division, uh, also for them to win uh, the conference, and also their over win mm-hmm. totals. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate Pro Football Preview. 2022 coming up in tomorrow's episode it's the nfc south so i finally get to step into the ring myself along with my other nfc south division mates to break down what is usually a very entertaining division but could the atlanta falcons just effectively be in the running for the first overall selection while the carolina panthers look to find their identity with baker mayfield at the helm and what's going to come of Jameis winston and the new orleans saints and tom brady and the tampa bay 
Buccaneers. Who will finish out on top? We've got it all coming up for you in tomorrow's episode as we continue on. Until then, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, and I would like to thank our friends over at Odyssey, and of course, thank you as well for watching or listening. Make sure you find the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find the video version on the Locked On NFL YouTube page so you don't miss an episode. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.